The core objective of Interface is to facilitate the coordination between TSOs and DSOs. And in order to achieve that, it will create a common architecture that connects market platforms, links wholesale and retail markets, and allows transparent and non-discriminatory trading and procurement. Nikos Bilidis, my guest for this episode, is an electrical and computer engineer and also the coordinator of the Interface project. He currently works as an R&D project manager for European Dynamics. Welcome to the EU Project Zone, a podcast series from Enlit and Friends focusing on the energy transition and the EU Commission-funded projects that will help us achieve it. My name is Areti Daradimu and I am the host of the EU Project Zone. Hello, Nikos, and thank you very much for being here with me today. Hello, thank you for inviting me and for giving us the opportunity to present the project. Excellent. Without further ado, I will just go to my first question to you. Would you please describe in a few words what the Interface project is? So Interface is an EU-funded project under the Horizon 2020 framework. The project commenced its activities in January 2019, and uh, we are currently on our, during our final year. So the project will end in about uh, 11 months and at the end of 2022. So the main uh, let's say, objectives of the project are to create a common architecture that connects different market platforms in order to establish a seamless pan-European electricity exchange that uh, is going to link wholesale and uh, retail markets to define and demonstrate standardized products, key parameters, and the activation and settlement processes of for energy services, along with uh, pre-qualification processes, etc., to drive the collaboration in the procurement of grid services, commonly by transmission and distribution system operators, to provide strong incentives to connected customers, uh, improving market signals and lowering entry barriers for small prosumers and consumers, to integrate small-scale and large-scale assets to increase market liquidity for grid services, and finally to promote state-of-the-art digital technologies, such as blockchain, smart contracts, and uh, others. So all this is achieved by a common architecture that we are developing, what we call EXA, which stands for Interoperable Pan-European Grid Services Architecture. And this offers an interoperable architecture that connects existing services, business models, and coordination schemes with new incentive-based marketplaces and services, and allows access for customers to all markets and optimized exploitation of resources, assets, data, based on novel coordination schemes, novel technologies, and a strong and efficient data management scheme. So in a nutshell, we could say that IEXA is an open architecture for sharing data among all participants in the electricity system value chain from local, regional to European level that can enable transmission and distribution system operators and customers, either small or large, to coordinate their efforts to maximize the potential distributed energy resources to transparent market mechanisms that can allow the participation of versatile actors, uh, favoring especially smaller consumers or prosumers, and finally leading to the unlocking of an important flexibility potential. 
Okay, so you mentioned that uh, in 11 months, this project will stop. I mean, it will reach its end. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, what's the next step then? Is it being archived or is it going to be sponsored by a big utility or a network operator or whatever? Is this the thing? Mm, yes, so currently we don't have any established agreements, but the aim is, of course, our aim and our wish is to go to expand this and uh, maybe reach a commercial level. So even with from the operators and the utilities that we have within the consortium, we are now in discussions to see whether there would be interest to adopt the solution at a commercial level and use it in their day-to-day operations. But I would say that the exploitation and the market uptake uh, part of our project is now into effect and we are now exploiting and exploring the different opportunities. So, of course, our aim is not to archive it and not to just leave it be, but to promote it and find interested customers that would be willing to take this up. I get it. And which needs of the EU energy grid is interface covering and how? So... The project responds to many challenges that the European power systems are facing currently, which, let's say, begin from the growth and the larger uptake of renewables, the increased interconnection of the European grids, the development of uh, local energy cooperatives and initiatives, and specific requirements that emerge for TSO and DSO cooperation. So... The European Commission has already adopted several legislative packages and proposals on the energy markets that promote the cooperation among network operators and that promotes the common procurement of services, balancing services, congestion management services or ancillary services. The measures uh, that are adopted are encouraging the procurement of services both at the transmission and distribution level because this will enable more efficient and effective network management. It will increase also the level of demand response and the capacity of renewable generation. So TSOs mm-hmm. and DSOs now have to define the services that they want to procure in collaboration with the market participants, must set up the ways and the guidelines on how to procure them in a coordinated manner. And further challenge, of course, is digitalization, as it is a key driver for the coordination and the active system management in the electricity grid. So Interface focuses in overcoming these challenges by proposing novel market designs, standardized products and services, and new innovative TSO and DSO coordination schemes. The key to all this, and maybe the most important challenge, is interoperability. It is really important to be able to communicate at an international level, at a European level, between versatile systems and actors who use maybe different standards or different protocols for communication. So in nowadays, I guess, I believe that this is one of the main challenges that we have to face and Interface tries to tackle this by adopting a popular, let's say, and widely used standards and providing a modular architecture that can easily connect with different legacy systems and support communication between versatile actors. Speaking of the diversity within the EU, I wanted to ask you who is involved in the project and who is the target audience? Is it just DSOs and TSOs? No, actually, uh, Interface has a a very, let's say, broad consortium consisting of 43 partners. 
and we cover 16 different countries. So it's a heavily industry-driven project and it includes, as you said, seven transmission system operators, eight distribution system operators, one European Association, which is the European Network of Transmission System Operators in Surrey. We have one regulator, a uh, market operator, uh, various, I think, nine or ten service and technology providers, and again, nine or ten research uh, institutes and universities. And also, in order to cover the policy and the regulations, we have an international organization, which is the Florence School of Regulation. So these are the partners that are involved in the project. And regarding the target groups, we have defined three distinct phases concerning the dissemination, communication and exploitation activities of the project. And for each one of the phases, we have defined different target groups. So we start from more general initial awareness, where we target more general audiences. Then we move to the targeted awareness, where the first results and exploitable outcomes will, are published and validated. And finally, we go to the strategic phase, which we are currently running, and which focuses mainly on the exploitation and the market uptake. So the target groups that we have identified are, of course, industry, general public that are interested in adopting demand response solutions. We are targeting policymakers and European and national regulators small startups, of course, researchers and engineers from industry and uh, academia, uh, manufacturers and different cooperation agencies across Europe. So I guess that the project is relevant to a very wide audience and uh, we aim to providing solutions that would provide added value and benefits within the whole energy value chain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Also, given the fact that this project is ongoing for quite some time now, I'm sure you face some issues in its organization, in its piloting phase, maybe. So I would like to ask you, what are the most frequent issues you faced since the beginning? Okay, of course, besides the challenging coordination of so many partners, which is uh, obvious, but uh, it hasn't been a serious issue. I believe that the most important issues that we have faced since the beginning of the project mainly revolve around the data availability. So we have uh, encountered some reluctancy for sharing data, especially from system operators, which is, of course, understandable as we're talking about very sensitive and strategic data. So reluctancy is justified. And also, in some cases, some reluctancy in changing current practices. So, for example, when we propose to move to a different standard that is more widely used and can boost interoperability, we had some uh, small objections because this would require a total restructuring of uh, operations and systems, etc. But, of course, within the project, our goal is to, to help and facilitate this transition. And let's say that in general terms, we are glad that we, uh, the end users that were involved in the project, were quite committed and helped us overcome all those issues. And uh, they proved to be, in the end, after building the trust that was necessary, they supported all innovative concepts and were eager to change their practices. So all these issues that we initially had foreseen were tackled and in the course of the project, everything mm -hmm. went well. Yeah. yeah, and I guess 
it's better to let's say face this kind of issues at the beginning of a project than a bit later now i would like to ask you another thing we touched upon it a little bit earlier but i want to bring it again and focus a little bit on the diversity of the continent's various grids and the peculiarities of each eu member state so if we take that under consideration is it possible for a pan-european grid services architecture to be applied or would it have to be localized and how can we ensure that i think if it was a yes or no question i would say that yes we can do that but of course there are certain restrictions and certain measures that have to be taken so we tried to develop a platform that would be as modular as possible and to develop a system that following a plug and play manner and this was done by design so the platform supports the formulation of different products and services and the implementation of different and versatile coordination schemes based on a study of active system management that uh, was published by NSOE and PDSO. So we're based on some existing material that has been validated by the responsible entities and we built on this in order to take it one step further. So this was something that had the support already of the European Commission, which was positive and for the uptake and adoption. Also, all the roles for the different actors that are present in the platform have been defined very concretely and following the definitions of the harmonized electricity market role model of SOE. In order to ensure the interoperability, we followed and we adopted uh, well-known standards for the data, the different data exchanges and communication between uh, legacy systems and actors. And most importantly, we have based our analysis on the common information model, the SIM. We have uh, adopted existing SIM profiles and also we have proposed new ones to be included in the standard based on the needs on the novelties and the innovations that the project introduced and having NSOE on board as a consortium member was a very positive thing in this direction as now the project is uh, in a position to propose new profiles to complement the common information model and this is also supported by NSOE and also the project enhanced this through its open calls the cascade funding mechanism that the project materializes so the project is funding small SMEs in order to prepare solutions that would add more value to EXA and other exploitable outcomes of the project. So within this process, connections with the transparency platform of NSOE and further extension of the SIM is, is attempted. So let's say following all these choices, which uh, lead to interoperability and to compliance between different environments and settings, we can say that EXA can be applicable in a wide range of let's say in the whole EU continent, of course, with small modifications in order to support and to comply with national uh, regulation, because in many cases, regulation is different from country to country. But in any case, we can support standardized products, services and market designs that could be applied at the pan-European level, but also more local and fragmented concepts that apply more to the end consumer level. And there we have more flexibility. The scalable nature of the platform that we created allows efficient communication between the different instances that might also be installed in different countries. 
and that's creating an interconnected ecosystem for seamless data sharing among countries that's leading to more robust and coordinated system operation as i said before our atoms are placing interoperability in the center of the attention and that is why we believe that such a solution can be applied at the european level yeah i was planning to ask you about standardized products for energy services, but I think you just answered that also. So I'll just go ahead and ask you which technologies best enable digitalization? Oh, Maybe. you want to, yeah, yep. tell me. Actually, I could just mention some of the products that we are dealing with. So we have provided some definitions for services and for market designs for MFRR, for operational congestion management, and for short-term congestion management. And also we are taking into account in let's say, more novel concept for congestion management based on a locational intraday market design. So these are the products and services that we have standardized and can be applied across Europe. But of course, we offer more products that uh, are more localized and respond to more regional or local concepts. Which makes total sense, yeah. So which technologies best enable digitalization and would you say that Europe is a front runner in the world? I guess that uh, at the stage that we are in now, it is obviously a trend towards the use of blockchain and smart contracts, which also can favor the participation of smaller consumers as they tend to make the whole trading process and market participation easier and less complex. But also, I think that it is very important uh, to establish a European energy data space for using common vocabularies and common language, if I may say, across the whole of Europe. The technology around open APIs could also be very important and significant in this direction. But I would say that it is not very much on the technologies per se, but the importance is to how the different technologies can work together and can coordinate. So again, I think the key here is interoperability, having versatile systems and versatile technologies working in a coordinated manner. I could not, I'm not sure if I could say that Europe is a front runner currently, but I think that we are in a very good pace and uh, towards a very good direction. And I think that all this money spent on research and innovation, I think that could get us in towards this direction and signify Europe as a front runner and as a pioneer in this domain. Nice and, uh, and optimistic. Thank you for this. <laughs> <laughs> so my last question to you is about regulation. What are we missing in Europe or what should we change when it comes to regulation? And here I intend both on a European level, so the EU Commission basically, and the local authorities level. Yes, of course, regulation is uh, one of the main drivers that could lead us to our target efficiently and maybe not so quickly as regulations tend to be a bit stiff and slowly changing, but it's certainly a way to reach our goal. And I believe that harmonization of different national regulations is crucial in uh, this regard. Of course, each country is unique and has certain particularities, but in general, a binding framework needs to be created if we want to talk about pan-European vision. There are very positive efforts currently. For example, Marie Picasso, the XBIT project in general, 
are a very good step uh, as they establish common markets for common services across the majority of European countries. And Interface works in this direction by providing standardized definitions for more products that could operate under a common European market. And I think that Interface and other similar projects, the results of those projects, can significantly contribute to shaping future regulation towards common definitions for services and market designs, also the allowing the provision of services for from a wider range of uh, actors and from a wider range of systems. Of course, at a local level, fragmented and more individual designs can continue to exist, maybe more closely to the consumer level or at a peer-to-peer -peer level, but I believe that wholesale markets and ancillary services markets, in general markets and services that are closer to the higher level, the more regulated domain, to try to comply to European regulation, to a common European regulation. So we need to establish, I would call it an umbrella framework that could be, of course, applicable to all countries, while at the same time respecting the various unique needs that might be faced by different countries. Makes total sense. Nico, thank you very much for this very interesting and fun conversation. Thank you for being here with me today. Thanks a lot. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to be here. You've been listening to the EU Project Zone podcast, brought to you by Enlit and Friends. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and the Enlit Europe website. Just hit subscribe and you can access our other episodes too. I am Areti Daradimu, host of this podcast series, and I thank you for joining us. Thank you.